Good afternoon, listeners. It's not the morning anymore, and I definitely didn't say good morning on my first attempt here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. Patrick, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, I am too. We're back to podcasting. Um, I mean, I said good morning when I meant to say good afternoon. Like right off the bat, I'm a little rusty on the podcasting. It's been a minute, but uh, yeah. Well, you were you were just making the cutoff from my time zone too. So this is true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I was speaking for you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're returning with a, a, a quarter three quarterly report. Uh, just, you know, kind of casual. We're going to be recommending some of our favorite records over the past three months, uh, as we do at the end of every quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one caveat to this is that we're not going to talk about the records that we already talked about this quarter. So just kind of looking at our past few episodes. Uh, okay. So it seems like we haven't actually podcasted this quarter at all. Uh, (laughs) so we're good. Our last uh, podcast was the quarter two podcast. You know, little summer break, little brief hiatus, little, you know, life comes up, the things. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but we are glad to be back. And uh, after this pod, we're going to be knee deep in uh, end of the year content coming up sooner than you think. So um, that's something to look forward to as well. We're going to have a ton of records. Always a good time for, for the podcast. Honestly, yeah. One of the best times of the year, honestly. Got to love list season, all of that end of year recap. Um, but let's do end of quarter recap. Uh, each of us brought three albums to the table. Uh, neither of us knows what the other person picked. Though, you know, we may have some ideas. We talk about the records we like off the podcast. Hopefully we didn't pick the same ones. Uh, that you know, It will make for a shorter podcast, if that's the case. Yeah, that's true. I uh, think that we've... Uh... Did we do that in the last one? I think we did. Both did uh, Conway like in the first quarter, right? That sounds right. I I definitely remember we did Backwash. uh, uh, um, That's right, yeah. Yeah, which makes all the sense in the world because like that particular record is right up both of our alleys you know <laughs> yeah any like dark hip-hop it seems like <laughs> it's like, it's that's like the, the one. perfect crossover <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, i mean you know uh uh maybe we'll have another record like this this time <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah We'll see. I'm looking at my first recommendation. It is not dark at all. So. <laughs> um, did you want to go first or did you want me to go first? That's a good question. I always have to think about this one. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll, let you, I'll let you go first this time. Okay. All right. And I'm generous today. Well, I, I very much appreciate it because uh, I've been dying to talk about some of these records. Um, first one. Uh, the award I'm giving it, uh, I'm calling it the most fun album of 2022. Oh, so oh, yeah. the whole year, the whole year, the whole entire year. This is the most fun I've had listening to music this year. Not necessarily the best though. This is honestly probably my favorite record of the quarter too. Um, nice. this is going to cheek face. Oh, nice. Yeah. Too much to ask is the name of the album. This is just, a. A roaring good time. Uh, Cheek Face is a band from Los Angeles, I believe. Uh, Too Much to Ask is their third album, but this is the first I've ever heard of them. Um, And I heard of them thanks to, you know, just a random recommendation from Anthony Fantano, who is actually mentioned on the album, (laughs) strangely enough. Um, Kind of my big takeaway with this album is just us being kind of you know the people that go out of our way to listen to a ton of music every single year uh we've listened to enough music to where we know which records we're anticipating you know uh it's like oh okay this album's coming out i need to check it out i'm really excited for it but part of what we do part of this like hobby or whatever you want to call it is just so great because sometimes your favorite albums of the year are from artists you had like never heard of before (laughs) uh and albums you weren't anticipating at all uh because the artist was never on your radar you know sometimes you just check out a unexpected recommendation uh which is part of the purpose of this podcast series we do and uh boom you find one of your favorite albums of the year so uh it's such a great feeling. It's a fantastic feeling because uh, sometimes uh, the albums you are anticipating can disappoint you sometimes. But hard to be disappointed by an album you've <laughs> from a band you've never heard of before. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
but with this cheek face specifically, you know, I believe you enjoyed this album as well, but, uh, speaking mm-hmm. to our respective tastes, um, you know, the only way we overlap is usually that darker hip hop. Uh, so working with that, this is more on my side of the Venn diagram. I think this is very much up my alley, uh, in a few ways. It's really become the go-to record for me this year you know whenever i just need to throw something on i'm not sure exactly what i want to listen to i i go to this cheek faced album um first and foremost because of just how catchy and fun this is i mean i'm frequently like dancing uh and singing along to this record as i'm listening to it uh 30 seconds into the album i knew i was gonna love it because of that like energetic harmonized chorus on uh, the opening song. Uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of smiled in that moment on my first listen because I was confident that the rest of the album was going to deliver. And in my opinion, it did. Um, and it's kind of the variety that helps make this album so great to me as well. I mean, it. it I talk about how fun it is. I haven't really gotten to any specifics yet, but it, they're part indie rock, part like power pop, uh, part jangle pop, part dance punk, uh, songs such as like Vegan Water and Featured Singer really lean into that dance punk direction. Uh, the latter of which is basically just an LCD sound system song. <laughs> um, and the jangle pop stylings really show on songs like Pledge Drive or uh, You Always Want to Bomb the Middle East, if that's kind of more what you're looking for. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, um, which is, in my case, at least one episode, because I bring this up every single episode, but <laughs> there are very few things I enjoy more than, like, well-executed power pop. And uh, the song We Need a Bigger Dumpster is just one fine example of that. Just power pop perfection in the chorus and the pre-chorus on this one. And this uh, this song, not aside from just sounding wonderful on a purely aesthetic basis... Uh, it, it highlights additional strengths of this album, in my opinion, that separate it from just kind of like a, a fun pop album or whatever. Um, I love the lyrical content and the commentary and the humor all across this album. So this We Need a Bigger Dumpster song is about trying to fix like a literal dumpster fire, uh, not by trying to put out the fire itself, of course, but by trying to just contain the fire within an even larger dumpster, which... I thought it was kind of a pretty funny idea. Um, but It's such a good analogy. It, and that's the thing. It is an yeah. analogy because it becomes clear that this song is really about kind of how our country has handled the COVID pandemic specifically, but also plenty of other issues that we just, we, we have the power to fix them, but we just try to take the easy way out. And, you know, the social commentary uh, spreads to some other topics as well. Uh, I like... You always want to bomb the Middle East, which sort of personifies America as you know, this person we could be growing with and going to the park with, but instead they're more interested in war. <laughs> and um, I think Election Day, which I think is like the song right after that, is a dramatically different sounding song. It's like a lovely acoustic ballad of sorts um, that comes with the pessimism surrounding elections. I really like the lyric on that uh, song. Uh, for the garbage man, election day is still garbage day anyway. Um, and and like the, the commentary on this album, it's not just political either. There's a lot of uh, mental health commentary throughout the album, especially on a song like I Feel So Weird. So there is commentary and they do have things to say. But, you know, first and foremost, this is a fun album. It doesn't take itself too seriously at all. Um, there's a ton of personality and humor on here. I mean, there, there's a minute long interlude about noodles on this album. You know, this isn't like the most serious album of all time. Uh, there's a combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell reference. There's the sir, this is a Wendy's reference. So yeah, not a serious album, even if it occasionally touches on serious issues. Um, and some of these like one-liners I think are genuinely pretty funny to me. Uh, it's the 10 year anniversary of everything from 10 years ago. Uh, statistically likely <laughs> to be wearing a shirt uh, so white that you could spill coffee on it. I, I just, I love some of these lyrics on here and um, especially all the lyrics about dumpsters and dumpster diving. I think this album, I think it, it may set the record for most references to dumpster diving I've ever heard on an album. 
Um, so sometimes kind of that humor is more one-liners, but sometimes it's stretched out for the length of a full song, uh, like the track I mentioned, uh, Featured Singer, uh, which is a song somewhat kind of poking fun at EDM songs, you know, songs that, according to the song, uh, you know, Spin Magazine, The Needle Drop, Reader's Digest, and Under the Scope won't even review it. Um, <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe not quite a quote, but you know, maybe a little editing of that lyric there. Um, but you know, there isn't a ton more I want to say about this album. Uh, this isn't a record that needs an iceberg video. You know what I mean? It's it's just one of the easiest recommendations I can make this year uh, to anyone because of this album's like personality and just sheer catchiness. Uh, and it's only thirty minutes long, so it gets in, it gets out. It's the most fun I've had listening to music this year um, with respect to Jer and uh, this new Always album is a lot of fun too. Um, the songs on this album, uh, they feature chord progressions that you've probably heard a million times before, but they're effective. And there are a couple songs near the end that I'm a little lesser on, uh, but in general, I'm just playing the hell out of this album. Uh, so please check it out. Uh, shout out to Cheek Face. Also, shout out to the album cover. Just, you know, heckin' cute doggo. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's adorable. Uh, so, yeah, I'm giving Too Much to Ask a 9 out of 10. It's a lot of fun. Fantastic. Yeah, this is a really fun album. And, you know, part of the recommendations uh, podcast, in my opinion, are about, you know, putting a light on lesser-known uh, bands. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I hope people kind of check out Cheek Face after this, not only because I think it's good, but because I think most people listening to this podcast would get something out of it, I think. Um, like, if you're the kind of person who listens to music podcasts, then I, th I think you would be interested yeah, in the point. Cheek Face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. It pretty much, it, yeah, it pretty much goes hand in hand with that level of thinking about music, I would say. Exactly, right. You know, this is about us sharing what we like, but it's also sharing things that we think you will like as well. And so, uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all. Yeah. That's Cheek Face. Nice. Yeah, sharing, uh, recommending like the new Bjork album or something like that is not really right, <laughs> like, necessary for exactly. us, which I don't think I would recommend anyway, but... Oh, okay. All right. But, you know, that's 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 not for this. Man, we before Pat even gets a recommendation, he gives a disrecommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I got to start it off. Each of us bought three albums to the podcast, three recommendations from me, and three albums to not check out from Patrick. We'll see <laughs> we if there's overlap. Yeah. <laughs> we should have a negative... Every, like, uh, recommendation podcast should have a, a negative zone version <laughs> of it. <laughs> The that's, evil twin version of, of the podcast. That's so dirty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. All nice right. cheek face uh, recommendation, though. Yeah, thank you. What's uh, What do you got? All right. So my first recommendation um, out the gate is the award that I'm giving it is just called Finally. Okay. The Finally Award. As in, finally... Uh, these guys are getting their due, they're getting like their recognition, but also finally something really started clicking for me um, okay. with the, with this project. And it's Death's Dynamic Shroud, Dark oh, Life. Nice. Wow. I didn't know you liked this album to this degree. That's great. Yeah. So I've been listening to it a lot since it came out because... I think that we, we both listened to this and I think we both felt pretty positively about it initially, mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm right. That's right. Um, and I was, I think I was already feeling maybe a little bit more positive than you were on it, but as I've been listening to it, like since it came out, it's just been really, it's just been growing on me. I've been finding different things about it that are really fascinating, um, I love the fan base behind it too. I think that like all these vaporwave fans and really kind of uh, into super obscure like housey techno uh, type of stuff, Plunderphonics fans are like getting really excited because these guys are kind of like the next big thing in those subgenres. So that's been pretty cool to see too. But mostly, it's just been exciting because I just had like some moments listening through to this that 
Um, I've checked out a, a couple of other Death Dynamic Shroud projects in the past, and I've found them pretty interesting, but they haven't, like, wowed me as much as I expected them to because of the amount of hype that they have gotten from um, Vaporwave fans especially. Mm-hmm. So, and this one was still like that when I initially heard it, but the thing that's, like, started to change it is just, like, I think that I was just listening to the amount of emotion and passion that has is just obviously present and the amount of detail that's present on this thing. And it was really just wowing me in a lot of ways. Um, the the way that the the way that these samples build up into some really re- great catchy pop choruses. Um, and the way that the like textures and weird, bizarre instrumentals still sound accessible, and you know, to some extent, you could throw them on in the car and it wouldn't cause too much of a stir with people that don't normally listen to this kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But still, like, is as complicated as it can possibly be when you're diving into it. Those kind of things were really starting to become apparent to me, and I think that it's just a total credit to how refined these guys have gotten in their, in their sound. Um, it's, it, it's just such a great encapsulation of the bizarreness of plunder phonics and vaporwave and just sample based music in general. And then also a weird, commentary and like a, a nice compliment to like hyper pop and just mm. modern electronic pop music today um and then you know the tracks themselves are just very catchy in a lot of ways light left the garden is a great example of a of a track that is oddly singable in some ways mm-hmm. um after third heaven is a really beautiful like interlude type of thing before i cool off is like a, a concert level type of like sing along hmm. and catharsis moment on here that just feels great i was I, I just was feeling it so much over the past few weeks and um i'm not like mind blown totally because there are certain moments on here that are a bit uh, the, the gradient starts to kind of become very similar in some ways, but <laughs> by the by the end of it, I'm I'm very satisfied. There's so many distinct moments on here that I, I can't really place anything that sounds similar to this. Um, uh, there's so many d- distinct moments like that on this album that I'm I'm really felt like left feeling uh, really fulfilled. Uh, and yeah, just the general aesthetics of this too, like on the surface level, are really cool. I love the album artwork. I think that it's just bonkers mm-hmm. and like really like dark and surreal. I love the I love the surrealness of it. I think that that's just it just really grabs my attention and feels really nice too. So yeah. It's just it's just such an interesting album. I've been getting more and more out of it. I think uh, I've said this before, but it really felt like a moment at certain points where I was like, "This is kind of where I imagine a lot of electronic stuff and a lot of like, um, yeah, a lot of sample based music heading. This is the mm-hmm. kind of style I imagine it starting to go towards." And listening through to this album was one of those like aha moments of like, oh yeah, because this is how good it can sound. Um, so yeah, shout out to Death Dynamic Shroud for this. It, it feels like a, a big step forward in sample-based music and electronic music in general. Uh, eight out of 10, loving it. Nice, very nice. Yeah, I, uh, I thought this was really good. I could also tell like, that it was a grower. It just sounded like an album that would get even better, you know, the more I listened to it. And yeah, I just love the mixture of all of these different electronic subgenres just coming together in all of these pretty wacky ways. But I agree with you. Like I could see this as um, 
pretty influential in the near future uh, for yeah. electronic music. It was one of these feelings too of like uh, one of Tricks Point Never is like mm. often credited, like Daniel Lopatin, the guy behind it, is often credited as like the inventor of vaporwave. Oh. And uh, I remember like back in like early on in college, like hearing Replica for the first time and not quite getting what was happening. Right. But being like, this is interesting. And like, I really enjoyed it because it just felt weird and interesting. And I've been having kind of those moments with like this album too of like, I'm not sure what's going on, but I really find this interesting. And I, I hope that. I hope that I'm right. I hope this uh, pans out to be uh, kind of one of those landmark moments in in this genre. There you go. And I don't even think I think they actually uh, have released another album this year, even. Um, so yeah, I think they did. I haven't listened to that one. I have not either. But you know, I may go back and listen to that. Um, very nice, very nice recommendation. I was uh, a little surprised. I didn't know you liked it to this degree, but uh, that's great. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to just finally talk about them because I've I've been feeling like I don't know I've been wanting to like them for a while and now I finally feel like I do so there you go very nice um, I guess uh, transitioning to my next one here my second recommendation this is my favorite quote unquote satire album of quarter three. Oh, okay yeah quote-unquote satire here is uh cave world by viagra boys so oh nice yeah so this one came out early in the quarter so uh i actually thought it was a second quarter release but it is not so i'm allowed i to forgot talk about, about it. that album <laughs> yeah right it was so long ago so uh but thankfully it's quarter three so i can actually talk about it not that that's ever been like I break this rule all the time, so it's, it's <laughs> that's yeah. never been an issue for me. I'll I'll recommend Pink Floyd Animals on this pod. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> that's the third recommendation. <laughs> it's animals. Yeah. I hope you also didn't bring animals to the table today. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm doing the wall. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um. Uh, Viagra Boys. Uh, they're a, I I. I I can't believe like I'm saying their name with such like sincerity. Viagra Boys is really one of the most ridiculous <laughs> band names I've heard in a minute. I'm just saying it like it's just a normal band name. Um, but yeah, they're a, a Swedish band, I believe. They are some combination of like rock, post-punk, art punk. Um, Cave World is their third album, quickly following up last year's Welfare Jazz, uh, which is a record I enjoyed very much and possibly brought up on a 2021 q1 pod that's possible i can't remember if i talked about that album or not um but as much as i enjoyed that record i actually prefer this new one cave world uh in large part because it it kind of leans further into the elements that i loved about welfare jazz uh while also adding this overarching concept and that's kind of where i'd like to start is with this concept so like the award says, uh, Cave World is a, I'm calling it a quote-unquote satirical album, uh, whose subjects are weirdly subjects I haven't heard tackled to this degree on an album before, which is QAnon, anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theories, the modern alt-right. I'm actually surprised I haven't really heard an album focus on these topics until now. Um, I mean, there have been plenty of albums and songs that comment on COVID. Uh, like Even that Cheek Face album I just recommended comments on COVID. But I don't think mm -hmm. I've heard this particular perspective on COVID, like this anti-vax sentiment on an album until now. So I don't know. I just kind of thought that was strange given how popular of a topic this is <laughs> so yeah that's a good point yeah it's like no one's done this yet um and i might be wrong maybe there's an album i should be checking out but haven't heard it yet i'll be listening to other q3 podcast episodes to see if maybe there's other uh anti-vax albums on there um so <laughs> cave world is uh kind of where this uh satire comes in a little bit you know uh because it's it's kind of comparing this this wave of, uh, you know, anti-intellectualism um, to suggest that humanity is, like, de-evolving 
back into cavemen or into monkeys even. So they're kind of joking about it and kind of not at the same time. I guess it's like a musical equivalent of the movie uh, Idiocracy, I guess is kind of how I would compare it. So it's a commentary on modern problems and modern perspectives, but it's that like de-evolution that makes it a quote-unquote satire and i keep using this quote-unquote because if this album actually is a satire it's not a very subtle one you know it's it's often less about constructing this clever analogy and more about sometimes just bluntly dunking on alex jones types uh which isn't necessarily the wrong move but it may turn off (laughs) yeah it may turn off some listeners you know obligatory I will roast and pro-vax and not an alt-right conspiracy theorist, but I do have to admit this approach to satire doesn't 100% work for me all of the time, and even on this album. Um, but there are plenty of highlights on this album for sure. Uh, the opener uh, is a song called Baby Criminal, uh, which is about the conspiracy theorist to spree shooter pipeline. Uh, it's a story of a parent who is shocked that you know, her precious baby that she loved grew up to be this criminal and just kind of questioning how that even happened. Um, and just musically, I, I love how they kick off this album with this song. It has such a rugged energy. Uh, they bring in their kind of signature dirty saxophone. Um, they even have like vocoder on this song that they experiment outside of their comfort zone a lot on this album, which I like. Um, a, a, later on in the album, there's a couple songs, uh, Troglodyte, and also the song, uh, The Cognitive Trade-Off Hypothesis, that really kind of focus on that de-evolution concept. Um, and there's something really clever about these two songs. Uh, Troglodyte very clearly references an instrumental moment from the song Girl You Want by Devo. Uh, and then the other one, Cognitive Trade-Off Hypothesis, it has this like falsetto chorus that basically sounds like a gorilla's chorus. So you know, Devo, Gorillas, D- like it all kind of goes into this concept. And it's possible that I'm reading too much into that, but I'm not the only person to have pointed that out. So maybe not. Um, but this album is, for the most part, not too focused on being clever. It's more focused on <laughs> just absolutely dunking on people and bluntly criticizing them. Um, <laughs> uh, and my favorite highlight is the closure on this album, uh, Return to Monkey. Uh, it's an absolute fucking banger uh, that just comes in so aggressively like i thought the opening song had great energy but this closer is the hardest hitting song on the entire record gets the blood pumping um, while also wrapping up the concept you know it's about monkeys in the jungle welcoming (laughs) these alex jones types to like live in the jungle with them because like hey you know out here in the jungle we don't have to keep up with current events or get vaccinated you know we don't have to worry about 5g we just kind of spend all day throwing shit at each other (laughs) (laughs) again not very subtle you know not (laughs) (laughs) but kind of funny anyway um and uh you know Whatever. It's, again, not necessarily a bad thing, but, it, you know, it, I don't know. Uh, not very tasteful, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a funny, that's a funny concept. Exactly. It's a funny concept. Exactly. Yeah, good uh, satire. Right. Uh, so some of my favorite songs actually go off of this concept, um, or at least only loosely related to the concept. So songs like Punk Rock Loser and uh, Big Boy, they play on these like toxic masculine ideas of being a savage uh who doesn't have any problems with their insecurities nope you know couldn't be me not me (laughs) big rough and tough guy uh so that's not a topic directly about you know anti-vax QAnon, conspiracy theorists but at the same time you know a a lot of those people i think are insecure men and so this is kind of tangentially related to that idea kind of uh, kind of pieces together why some people, some of these people are the way they are, I suppose. Um, but there's a, a song, uh, Ain't No Thief, later on in the album. It's definitely off topic. Uh, and it's a song about someone who is definitely not stealing these hyper-specific things like uh, a lighter that says Shrimp City Beach 1993 on it. <laughs> it's like, I ain't no thief. We just got the same stuff. Uh, it's, it's a pretty funny song, but one that's completely wonder where off. that came from. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, that's, uh, oh, God, I forget how it goes, but it was like, 
there was also a shrimp jacket and it's like oh it's like that's my grandma jacket and it's like oh i actually ran into your grandma she had another one or whatever uh so, <laughs> it's pretty good um so yeah so kind of big picture with viagra boys they're yet like another band that is differentiating themselves among this current post-rock or uh, post-rock post-punk uh resurgence right uh their sound is like rugged, dirty, a little messy, but it's also filled to the brim with charisma. Uh, their energy is just infectious. Uh, they're talented musicians who are commenting on serious issues, but as you could tell, they're not taking themselves seriously at all. I would like to once again mention that the band's name is Viagra Boys. Uh, you know, <laughs> not Viagra if Med, like a real band. Clear. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> they're Viagra boys, you know, little immaturity here, but uh, it's fun. You know, they're having fun. Uh, they're taking the piss out of themselves, and uh, that fun attitude is just contagious. So even if you get nothing out of the concept, it's still just kind of a kick-ass rock record to throw on. So it's not a perfect album. Uh, the satire aspect of this record, I think, could have been executed better. Um, even though I'm all for dunking on these people, I'm good with that. Uh, and weirdly, there's like a tw- it's, it's a twelve song record, but there's three instrumental interludes on it. Um, that's at least two too many for me. Um, but overall, you know, I think this is an improvement on welfare jazz in just about every way. So shout out to Viagra Boys. I'm feeling like an eight on a Cave World. Yeah, nice. That's yeah. awesome. It's a very polarizing album. It's got very high ratings on like Metacritic and. Um, it, it does pretty well on Rate Your Music too, but I think Pitchfork gave it like a five point something or whatever, you know. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, that's what you expect from like an alt-right publication like Pitchfork, you know. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Famously Alex Jones types. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> they report on everything Kanye does to like... Oh, gosh. I hear... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. I, I like that both of the recommendations so far um, in that somewhat like serious topics, but not serious um, yeah. like ways of like talking about it. Right, like kind of there's a lot of humor on these albums. Uh, uh, back in quarter two, I believe, I talked about the Charlotte Digerie and Bully's Poopool record, and that's one, also one of my favorite records of the year. And that similar idea, though that album I would say is more serious than these two, they comment on a lot of serious issues while putting a lot of humor and wit into it as well. Um, yeah. That album doesn't have songs about like monkeys masturbating in the jungle, but <laughs> does have some humor on it. So. <laughs> Not every album can, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh god, it's a very funny. specific type of genre. It would be a little weird if every album did. You know, it's okay if a couple albums. <laughs> yeah, don't. the rules of you got to have verse, chorus, and then <laughs> one moment. <laughs> yeah, either either a lyric or an audio bite. Uh, yeah, uh, just it's got to be there though. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh God! How how do we transition from that into whatever uh, you're going to talk about? Yeah. Speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, well, my <laughs> there's not really any good transition. There, yeah. So. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's on me. You know, I set you up. <laughs> oh good. Well, this is a this is as chaotic as uh, mm. monkeys just masturbating okay. in the wild. I guess. <laughs> um. <laughs> This is uh, gets the cacophony award Ooh. because I like to use the word cacophony because a lot of the music I feel like I talk about has that chaotic um, energy to it, um, and the word is just a great summation of that type of chaos and confusing sound and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think I, I think it's one of the words that I tend to gravitate towards, but. If there's any album from this year that encapsulates that word better than any other way that I've used it, it's the Imperial Triumphant record, mm. Spirit of Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are described like avant- just avant-garde jazz metal, uh, which I think is totally accurate. They blend a lot of styles of... Uh, jazz, free jazz, and black metal, and doom together, and it all comes together in just a 
bonkers, really over the top, very lavish orchestrated um, production. And I've checked them out before because they've mm-hmm. been really heavily recommended by a lot of like rate your music type metal heads. And Anthony Fantano, I think, has been a big fan of them for a while too. Um, but they haven't clicked for me in the past for some reason. Hmm. So this is kind of another instance also of I'm really happy that it finally happened on this album. Nice. I'm not sure why it didn't on the others because they're pretty similar <laughs> to this one. <laughs> like It's not like they're doing anything radically different here. I just think it took a few tries, and now it's finally hitting for me. Okay. Um, one thing on here that I think is really cool that the tone of it really helps to blend the overall style uh, together really well is the commentary on excess in uh, like American capitalism. Mm. So a lot of it is it pulls from this imagery of like uh, the bourgeois of like the like 1800s or something like that, and it pulls from like all this like old style like gilded age type of excess um as a way of like painting a metaphor for kind of how things are right now um which you know could be a little heavy-handed i guess but the way that it pairs with this instrumentation um the way that it pairs with the imagery that they're bringing on on the album is it works really well i always like that kind of feeling um, and it just has this like really sinister, but like lavish. It doesn't shy away from like the the beauty of that either. Hmm. So it, but it it also holds this like really sinister energy to it. That's really fascinating too. So it does such a good job of just showing uh, the real nature of excess and uh, yeah, just like disparate living and everything. Um, so I love that. Love love the tone on the album. I think they executed it really well. Um, and then just the sound of this album is so satisfying and mixed like incredibly. Like I, I think you and I both have talked about how we're not big like you know mix mixing guys. Like we right. <laughs> we, we talk about it. I think we generally sort of know what we mean when we're saying like the mix is good mm-hmm. um but this is one of those examples where i'm like yeah this <laughs> it just sounds so satisfying and clean and every detail is just brought to the forefront in such a nice satisfying way everything complements each other and it's really impressive because of how dense instrumentally this album really is there's um a, you know a lot of classic black metal elements of blast beats and really heavy um thick muddy bass lines and classic you know super high-pitched shredding guitar work and everything you know, i gotta have that in here but there's also so many orchestrated strings and mm. horns and oh. uh saxophones on here and then at one point a feature from none other than kenny g himself (laughs) that's right i forgot about that (laughs) yeah so yeah it it, it's and you know you would you would maybe miss it if you weren't really listening to it but there is a a pretty clear distinct like wait a second that sounds (laughs) (laughs) that is great that sounds familiar um so it has it has that energy. I mean, anytime you incorporate something like that, it's it's clearly like you're very aware of the sound that you're trying to make. I think, yeah, <laughs> and you're aware of the excess. Uh, it, it's just awesome. I thought that the tone of it just came across so smart, and uh, the, they wrapped up this concept in such a cool package. Um, I will say, each song is at least like six minutes long on here it's eight songs so it's not too long it's about an hour long um but (laughs) the amount of density that each track has it feels like you know a really massive undertaking in terms of like listening from front to back Hmm. it's like eating like a huge 
delicious cheesecake. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to feel really, really full by the end of it. And it might be like a little bit much, but it's also kind of the point, I think, too. Like, it has such a meta, such a meta ness to it where even the album itself is a lot of excess and you feel like, oh my God, this is like, this is too much, but hmm. you can't stop yourself from listening through all the way. Um, yeah, it's totally out of control. It is, it's beautiful. It's sinister. Um, I'm really glad that these guys finally clicked for me. Um, there's really not much yeah, it's not much that I have to complain about with it. It's a nine out of ten. Oh, nice! It sounds like I gotta actually finally check this one out then, because I've only heard good things from pretty much everybody. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, it's I, it is a lot. I'll, I'll say that. Like, there's a reason I think that, like, in the past, it hasn't really clicked for me because it's a lot. But just for whatever reason on this one, I mean, for all the reasons I said, um, this one just came across so so well to nice. me I, I i just i find it so interesting okay definitely one of the most interesting metal albums that i've heard this year nice okay and i trust you on that um yeah i'm gonna add it to my list then after this pod um that sounds great uh thanks for the recommendation oh yes and uh, yeah this has been one of my more recommended ones too actually i feel like which is kind of funny to say oh okay <laughs> very nice yeah uh, I do love you said what was it we we transitioned to uh, uh, you know monkeys masturbating and, and then you said something about like cacophony is one of my favorite words because and it just sounded so much more intellectual than what we were just talking about <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so much smarter than like what I was just saying so <laughs> yeah that, that's usually how people view us I think <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but you're not wrong um <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, each of us has one more. I'll go ahead and uh, just quickly do my third one here. Uh, I called this one the safest oh. bet. Yeah. Sorry, I here totally go. interrupted. You said, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> now, before you do that, let yeah. me just say. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I was gonna say before you get to your last one, mm-hmm. uh, I was gonna ask you how good is this quarter by the way yeah because i've thought that this quarter was amazing i thought it was like okay so the viagra boys came out what i thought was q2 right so that's how early it was um and uh the cheek face came out around that time it was like shortly after as well and then for a while i was like uh you know i don't know it it felt kind of down by my standards but then Within the past month, there have been, like, a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not even going to be talking about the records from, like, The Beths or Alex G today, but I've been loving both of them. And that's just two records that have come to mind. Uh, Ka dropped two albums um, it, last quarter that are both fantastic because they're Ka albums, you know? Uh, so this has really started to pick up at the end of the quarter for me. Uh, but, yeah, uh, what about you? You were, you were loving this one? I was gonna say it just like it was it was hard for me to like pick uh, just three albums oh, this yeah. quarter because yeah. of how great of a quarter I, I thought that it was. Like there's quite a few that I, I might go through a quick little honorable mention after we get through our first. Feel free. Or, I basically just did mine. Time. Yeah, so yeah, feel free uh, with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I for a minute I was worried like I, I was gonna have to reach for one to talk about, but by the end of this, nah, we were good. So uh, yeah, yeah, pretty solid. Honestly, a pretty good year in general. At least like the albums that are gonna be in my top fifty. I feel like my top fifty, uh, I I like more than recent previous top fifties. You know. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I think this has been pretty good. Pretty good year, uh, and and another uh, good quarter within the year. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Now to now to get back to. <laughs> oh yeah, me announcing the award and announcing yeah, this album. My bet. <laughs> You're good. Uh, so yeah, I call this one the safest bet of quarter three. Um, and nice. It's the uh, the new collab album from Rock Marciano and the Alchemist. Yes. Uh, titled yeah. The Elephant Man's Bones. Um, and I say this was the safest bet of Q three because there was almost no way I wasn't going to enjoy this album. 
I basically tweeted this idea. I, I said, uh, this at Rock Marcy and at Alchemist collab album being great was about as safe of a bet as you could make in hip hop. And uh, since Rock Marcy retweeted that, it went viral uh, by by my standards, at least. I think, you know, nine retweets, 50, you know, I'll take that. That's like yeah. that's like the most <laughs> impact I'm ever going to make on Twitter. You made it. I made it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting on my... Thing. I get those, uh, those lights, those weird, like, uh, <sighs> lights that people sponsor on their viral tweets. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting on my blue check mark first, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's Will, the guy who liked Rock Marciano. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this album, even though it's it's not perfect and i'll you know i'll kind of touch on that uh, throughout but um this is a collab so i i'm, I'm gonna start with rock marcy and then kind of transition over to the alchemist um rock marcy rock marciano is a rapper who's been around for a minute uh i've i became a fan of his work a few years ago with his two like rosebud revenge albums um because of his really smooth understated rapping style he's uh, he's kind of like Ka, who I mentioned earlier, but but if Ka was like less conceptual and more flashy, I guess. Uh, Rock Marcy's lyrical content is like a mafioso kind of Raekwon the Chef style mixed with some gangster rap. You know, drugs, women, money, you know, topics you've heard pretty much on every rap album, but delivered in a way that's unique to him. Uh, my only real complaint with the subject matter is <laughs> there's definitely a few moments that have some, um, like, man who uses the word females energy, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I, there's just some, like, I don't know. Um, so every now and then I kind of, you know, there's a lyric or a few that I don't really care for on this album. But aside from that, I really enjoy Rock Marciano as a rapper. Yeah. He just sounds cool. I know that's not like a highly analytical description of his appeal, but that's the word that keeps coming to mind as I listen to him. Uh, he sounds cool, flashy, very cold, menacing. Uh, and part of that is because he has this like undeniable confidence. Uh, it's like a, he, he's arguably too confident. You know, he says things like, I made God in my likeness on this album. You know, he, he is not a <laughs> humble man. Um, but... <clears throat> It's kind of a different confidence than your typical, you know, if you were to think of a confident rapper, you might be thinking of, I don't know, someone who like yells a lot, uh, you know, maybe like MOP or, or, you know, a group like that, maybe a group like Onyx or something like that. Maybe someone like, you know, Benny the Butcher who isn't yelling, but he's like very asserted in, in what he's saying. Um, but Rock Marciano, he just kind of has this really quiet confidence, you know, guy who's kind of standing in the corner type. But uh, he's he sells every single lyric that he raps with that confidence. You know, he'll say things like, uh, "This is the flow that earned me a Bentley. It came with a personal Fonsworth Bentley, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay because he says it like it's one of the best bars you're gonna hear all year." Um, but you know, a lot of the lyrics actually are just genuinely worthy of praise on their own. Uh, like the very first lyric of the album, you know, he says something like. Uh, it's like if it's trouble then we're shooting it's troubleshooting we're shooting up but we're not struggling with drug use or something like that uh and then on the next song daddy kane one of the best songs on the album uh he has this word play about losing a leader both like a leader of a gang but also like a leader of blood um so yeah like if you're into that kind of rap lyricism there's a lot to like about rock marciano as a lyricist even if i'm not always huge on the content like i said but the song Daddy Kane is how I transition into uh, The Alchemist because that song has one of my favorite rap beats of 2022. Uh, the way it kind of kicks in with this bass line and then the synth hits, uh, it's just stank face, just pure like nastiness. Uh, and in general, The Alchemist crushes it on this album. There's always a great depth and a level of care that he puts into his instrumentals. And what's kind of weird about him is like, he too has been producing for a long time and he has a ton of work out there and he has a ton of variety. And even though I can't really put my finger on why, despite all of that variety, you can still kind of pick out an alchemist beat when you hear it. Uh, like the song quantum. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, like, uh, uh, what is it? Quantum leap. That's what it's called. The, the song on here. 
there's some really crisp drums on that instrumental. Uh, it has like this really smooth synth line and it has this blurt from a horn that's actually really tastefully done. It doesn't sound out of place at all. It actually makes the, it elevates the beat. And even though the Alchemist has made a ton of beats that don't fit that description, you can just tell that he produced it. I, I can't really explain it, but he just has this certain quality to him that's unique to him, despite how diverse his beats sound. And, you know, like Rock Marciano, he's been in the game for like at least a decade plus now, uh, even longer in the Alchemist case. And I think that's why, just kind of like what you said to me off the pod recently, he mixes old school styles with modernity just so well and mm -hmm. he's seemingly able to cater to any rapper uh like the song jj flash on this album the soul sample it's such a rock marciano beat like if you if i had heard that song or that beat without the context of this album i would say like oh rock marciano should rap over that beat and this isn't a guy alchemist works with a lot rock marciano actually produces a lot of his stuff uh his own stuff and the song after J.J. Flash kind of showcases Alchemist's diversity because it's uh, uh, zigzag zig. It has a completely different cinematic instrumental with these really hard-hitting drums, uh, a guitar note, and this like pretty piano arpeggio. It's another fantastic beat. Uh, but kind of big picture, just the Alchemist is on a hell of a run right now. Uh, it's honestly a historic run in the genre yeah it's it's really incredible i think he's the best producer working right now i mean mad lib's my favorite producer but i think just kind of like it's hard to argue against the consistency sake yeah the consistency and just the amount of work he's putting in right now just oh my gosh uh every year there's like a, at least a couple of alchemist produced albums that are great um, and he's always been a very good hip hop producer, but especially so lately, it's just, it doesn't matter which rapper he works with right now. It's going to be good. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, in addition to the Alchemist kind of solo work, um, I'm like you, I love these collaborative, like Blink and the Alchemist albums. Uh, I just love that. Uh, Armand Hammer and mm -hmm. the Alchemist, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist and Rock Marciano and the Alchemist. I'm now at the point with him where I will check out basically any album that is Blank and The Alchemist. Uh, he's kind of yeah. at that point. It used to be kind of the opposite. It would be like, oh, I'm a fan of Freddie Gibbs. Oh, that's cool. The Alchemist is producing it. I'm going to go check it out, mostly for Freddie Gibbs, but maybe mm -hmm. get some good beat. Now it's kind of the reverse. Now it's like, I will check out any album that I know is produced by The Alchemist. And so he's just putting great work after great work in such a short period of time. And this album is just another example of that. But... <clears throat> it's not a perfect album. Like I mentioned, some of the content is kind of a miss. Uh, some songs are just not up to the same level as others for whatever reason. And uh, I don't get a ton of emotional resonance out of this album, honestly. You know, it's a good album, but it's it's much flashier than it is deep. Um, but mm. Elephant Man's Bones was a highly anticipated album for many hip-hop fans. And uh, for me, it met a lot of those expectations. I often joke about... <laughs> Again, I say often, uh, I say it every single podcast, you should probably just skip ahead 15 seconds if you know what's coming. <laughs> I often joke about how Pitchfork only rates good underground hip-hop albums an 8.0 out of 10. Which, yes. Which, by the way, those two Ka albums, <laughs> they both got an 8.0 out of 10. I just... Unbelievable. Unreal. Just unreal. They, like, they have to... They must have the reviews written ahead of time. Like, <laughs> and then the, uh, they couldn't get like point one, like they couldn't yeah. like <laughs> point, not even right, not like uh, this one was slightly be, worse. Just to make it a little different, like it'd be one thing if they're a site that only goes eight, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. But no, right. when you go to the tenth place, one of them can't be an eight point one. But here, they actually gave best new music to an underground hip hop album. They gave the Elephant Man's Bones a whopping. 8.2 out of 10 <laughs> which honestly is around where i feel as well uh so yeah shout out to rock marciano and the alchemist elephant nice. man's bones i'm giving an 8 out of 10 yeah nice that's that's great yeah i love the 8.2 best new music because it's always like a little bit confusing 
it's like the <laughs> lowest that they'll go for best new music. <laughs> and sometimes they'll even give an 8.2 and it's like not best music. So I don't even get right, exactly. what yeah. that means. So I, I have no clue. But I'm just happy something did it. I'm glad some underground hip-hop album got that extra point two in whatever way. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a great recommendation. Thanks. I, that one, uh, I, I think that like, I when I listened to it, I had like a realization. I'm like, yeah, the Alchemist may as well be just considered like his. You know what I mean? Like, a, yeah. Like you just look forward to his releases now at this point. Like what you were saying right. as an artist. And that used to be like back in the day, uh, people would buy hip hop CDs and they would look on the back of the CD to see like, oh, this is the beat produced by DJ Premier. I'm really excited to kind of check that out and i don't know i think alchemist is kind of bringing back the idea of being excited for producers more so than rappers in some cases i like the whole thing of it being blank and the alchemist because it's like yeah he's he's putting his name on the album just as much as the as whoever's rapping on it exactly it's pure eric b and rakim stuff Mm -hmm. like i love that uh so yeah shout out to shout out to both of them yeah I, i was highly highly praising of the alchemist but rock marciano does a good job on this album too i don't want to shortchange that um but yeah that's that's my recommendations that's fantastic yeah thank you thank you so what are we wrapping up the pod with all right well the last one gets the i didn't think of a of a award for this one so this is the i can interrupt you as you're about to say it. yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i could do that (laughs) this is the interrupt (laughs) uh no this is the just straight up like the like the heaviest album of the quarter award okay um because yeah i'm pretty sure this is probably i I don't know if i can think of one that's heavier than this one is cheek face maybe yeah exactly (laughs) we had a repeat (laughs) and we decided to not naturally just kind of segue into your thoughts no i waited until now we're bringing it back 50 minutes apparently i have a way different uh, view on this (laughs) but still a recommendation still (laughs) see i dove a little a little bit differently into this oh god so no this is the chat pile album yeah god's country nice very nice um, yeah, so it, this it, again, it was, was kind of hard to choose from. I, I had a few albums that I wanted to choose from for this quarter that were fantastic. Um, Black Midi was up there, mm-hmm. Russian Circles, Micaiah McRaven, mm. Student Archives released in a fantastic album. Naked Flames has such a good yes. uh, electronic album out there that it's just even Super Organism I thought was pretty fun. Um, what a great quarter overall. Yeah. But Chat Pile, they released one of the most stunningly bleak and heavy and dark and twisted and realistic albums that I've heard, not just this year, but um, in quite a while. It's uh, it's pretty impressive how brutal this album really is. Um, so they're a noise rock group from Oklahoma, and... I would, you know, th- there it is very noisy album, but it has a lot of very doomy, apocalyptic elements to it too. So it's not um, as technical as some of the other uh, more associated noise rock groups like Lightning Bolt, I guess, is mm. um, kind of mm. more in like the Daughters, I guess, style of uh, just heavy, bleak, noisy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And a lot of this focuses on American nihilism. Um, so there's been such a, especially during the past few years after the Trump presidency and then during the pandemic. Um, I mean, this has been brewing for a long, long, long time, obviously. But right. the rise of, uh, or, or the clear rise of racism and um, fascism and conspiracy theories in on the internet especially I feel like has uh, undoubtedly brought along with it a lot of very nihilistic thinking and a whole new way of just looking at um, the bleakness of America and 
this album really focuses on that as pretty much its main concept all the way throughout. And, you know, sometimes that's a little bit like you're, it's a little bit makes me nervous because Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a tricky one to capture. You can go really cringy, really fast. You know, there's a, there, there can, you can easily lean into the, we live in a society level of, you know, of, uh, you know, why don't we all just get along? <laughs> or, or, you know, oh, you know, everybody's just out for themselves, and you know, just using that as the as the the bare minimum uh, as the overall concept, right? Right. Uh, but this does such a good job of touching on the not only the you know bizarreness of like the exorbitant wealth, but then also the real like awful poverty in america that disparity um and then the the political wackiness that is basically mm. totally consumed um america in the past you know however many years i guess um it does a really good job of touching all that stuff on, on all that stuff but in a way that also touches on the existential fear that surrounds all of that and just the overall absurdity of it and how it's just too overwhelming and uh people resort to mass shootings Mm. robbing places um even touches on things like uh serious drug abuse and suicide so it's a really Mm. bleak and uh heartbreaking album in a lot of ways too and definitely pretty triggering so i would definitely recommend like sort of cautiously going into this album um but it is worthwhile overall i think they touch on all these things in a really interesting and uh it's pretty provocative but i think that it's overall very realistic and just and discusses all the subject matter in a way that's meaningful um Anyway, so all of the subject matter on here is very well thought out, very smartly handled, I think. Um, and then the instrumentals on here are just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, it is not as over the top by any means as like the Imperial Triumphant that I recommended, but in terms of the aggression and the just sound of doom and dread. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, that that's brought on here. It's just unmatched. There's just so many breakdowns that happen on here that have uh, seemingly pretty traditional elements of like guitar and bass and drums, uh, but they bring in some like synth elements too that are kind of hidden in the mix that just really help to complement a lot of the fear and anxiety that's uh, present on here. But the uh, vocal performance is something mm. that's just amazing and super uh, it, it's definitely the one of the things that i get the most out of on here because um, the lyrics are very pointed and oftentimes like just right like feel like kind of like a, a speech like an off-the-top speech but the way that they're delivered is almost uh kind of like <laughs> i don't want to say like like a spoken word poem almost <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But they're done in a way it, it often sounds like someone losing their mind uh, a lot of times just cracking up um, they're on the verge of breaking down because of they can't handle some societal thing that's happening or he's playing a character that is you know robbing a store or um, you know all sorts of other things on here too uh it's it's great i think that the performances on here are just fantastic it really gets the narrative across really well and uh yeah like i said it's it's a very very bleak album that doesn't promise a lot of uh there's no real hope on here (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) promise any like good endings in fact the last track uh which is the most you know on the surface seemingly unserious track grimace smoking weed dot jpeg <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is they have a uh, 
uh, a hilarious actual picture that they made that you can buy like t-shirts of uh, chat pile t-shirts of just grimace like high as hell like smoking <laughs> a bong which uh, is pretty funny even this track you know seemingly leaving it off on a somewhat like tongue-in-cheek note it ends up being probably the most terrifying song on the album and uh I'm not going to go too di- too deep into it because it's pretty upsetting subject matter. But mm. essentially, you know, it plays a character of this man hallucinating um, a character that looks like Grimace uh, because he's, you know, abusing drugs. And this, you know, Grimace character that he's hallucinating has really awful intentions and is uh, is not it, it does not end well. Yeah. Um, so even even that uh, just has so much bleakness to it. But I think that they again I, to bring it back. I think that they really touch on uh, things like homelessness and uh, how people get wrapped up into uh, things like mass shootings and drug abuse and things like that in a way that's pretty interesting and well thought out and mostly the aesthetics of it really capture just the uh, terrifying elements of, of how the American just the American social system has like pushed people to uh, these places um, and how it's just it's, there's just so much bleakness out there and um, I think by doing that, it, it really starts an interesting like conversation, at least like in my in my head, and uh, it's just really great to listen to as a whole. Also, um, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty a uh, pretty upsetting album, but overall just fantastic. It's is it's a nine out of ten. Also, another two nines and a quarter. Mm-hmm. How about that? Great quarter. I think this is my favorite quarter. Holy hell. Wow. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the albums you recommended. The lightest album you recommended, the artist still has death in their name. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point, actually. Whereas I'm just like cheek face. <laughs> I, I'm offering up little puppy albums like the album cover <laughs> of cheek face. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't go too. Uh, I didn't branch out too much with my recommendations to this quarter. Oh no! I mean, these have variety to them. I mean, I haven't heard the Imperial Triumphant actually, but uh, I mean, Naked Flames album. I'll I'll throw in as a as a subset recommendation just to lighten things up a little. There bit. you go. There you go. There you go. I I also recommend the Naked Flames album. So uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that was our Q3 recommendations. Uh, Like we said, uh, you know, if we feel like something comes up that we really want to get on the pod about, you know, we'll see. But uh, we have uh, end-of-year stuff on our mind uh, to some degree. Uh, Busy time of year for us. And uh, we really look forward to a bunch of album content, song content, uh, Scopey Awards, of course, Yes. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, thanks for doing the pod with me today, Pat. Yeah, of course. Love it. Awesome. All right. It's good to be potting again. All right. Thank you all for listening.